0: This podcast is brought to you by Online Retailer, Australia's leading retail tech conference, expo and networking organization. Recorded at the Online Retailer Conference in 2016, here we chat with world-class digital leaders to bring you industry insights, practical examples and actionable ideas from our incredible community of retail renegades, marketing masters and creative entrepreneurs who all want to do retail business big. We want to extend the conversation after the event and to keep exploring where the future meets retail. So let's talk shop. Hi, and welcome to the Online Retailer Podcast. My name's Kylie Lewis, and we are joined in this episode by Natasha Ritz, who is the brand communications manager for Lush Fresh Handmade Cosmetics. So welcome, Natasha. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you today because I have checked out Lush on um, social media and you guys just have the most phenomenal following. Um, And so I was hoping to have a little bit of a chat, firstly about Lush, because not everyone in our audience will know about Lush, um, what you do there and how you came to be there
1: sure so lush is a fresh handmade cosmetics brand that comes out of the uk and we started about 21 years ago and were founded by a group of animal and environmental activists who didn't want to leave their ethics at home when they came to work so they started a business that meant that we could really um, ingrain our ethics in the heart of the business meant no animal testing in cosmetics um, and making sure that when we were using ingredients that they were sustainable and grown through um, fair work practices and that sort of thing. So everything is handmade. We have a factory here in Villawood where every single bath bomb you see is hand pressed by a person. Every single gift you see is, is wrapped by a person and the ribbon is you know, tied by a person as well. So it's a very hands-on experience and a wonderful brand to work for. I've worked for Lush for two years now and um, as the brand communications manager, so I look after everything from digital marketing to social media to
0: PR strategy um, and even traditional marketing channels like print and things like that. Wow, fantastic. So your gamut just keeps kind of opening and opening as there's more sort of channels to deal with. Yes. And what were you doing before that?
1: Before that, I was working agency side, looking after a range of different brands in digital and social Um, brands from Swarovski right through to the One Direction fragrance launch and things like that. So really
0: interesting and a bit unique, but
1: yeah, a bit different to what I'm doing now.
0: Fantastic. So I was hoping that we could do a little bit of a deeper dive in the social media aspect of to your work and what you do. As I mentioned, Lush has a fantastic following on social media, really, um, you know, big numbers, high engagement, um, really engaged community. So as the head of brand communications, what is your strategy for for social for the brand? Yeah, definitely. So um, we have a global structure
1: and basically what happens is in each local country. We create our own content and we borrow content from lots of other countries as well. So our probably our largest following is actually based in North America with about 2.3 million followers. Um, and then our local following here in Australia and New Zealand just on Instagram is one hundred and sixty five thousand local people. And so what we're doing is we're creating local content and we're also engaging with our customers to create user generated content as a really big part of our strategy we also really want to have a mix of content and and then test that out and see how our customers engage and then shape our content and our content mix based on how our customers engage with that so it's a real mix of things like video which is obviously growing so significantly and then trying things out like periscope to see what it's like to do something live and make a few mistakes along the way but just test it out see how our customers respond and then be agile enough to change our strategy based on their engagement.
0: Yeah, so the user-generated content piece, what are some of the uh, activations that you use to try and generate more content from your customers? Hashtags I think are a
1: great thing that allow people to jump onto a trend. So our bath art hashtag has been a bit of a phenomenon with people um, buying a bath bomb in store and then taking a picture or a video. Um, At home and, and really creating that lifestyle of what it feels like to use the Lush products or, you know, that experience of relaxation in their homes and things like that. But we're also collaborating with event partners. So Mardi Gras, for example, where we created photo opportunities at Fair Day to really show our ethics and our values towards lgbt rights and marriage equality in australia but also to give a really fun opportunity to take a picture in a bath with a shower cap on and all these you know fun elements that they could play with that brought something to life in a totally different space than a store um, so it's a real mix of things and you know we get a lot of content from our influences as well because we have a no global advertising policy we've got no money um, to spend in no budget in that area, so every piece of content that we receive from an influencer is based on them actually wanting to engage with us as a brand, and that makes it very authentic. So that's I think where that high engagement
0: comes into play. Mm. And so from the from generating content, because obviously it, it's one it's a challenge for a brand to create enough of its own content to keep the social media feeds. You know, hung they're hungry and they, yes. they need to be fed. Um, so that's a fantastic for you know, for obviously generating user-generated content as well as creating your own content. Do you have any other ways that you, you know, take that content and repurpose it for other things?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes. So what we were doing um, last year, we ran a Gay Is Okay campaign where we had a hashtag and then we aggregated all of that content um, across a range of channels, so putting it in our windows to display it in, you know, a hard copy form, I suppose. Um, and then recently we've moved towards LED screens in a lot of our new stores, and it's finding a way to feed content into those screens. That's you know user generated. Um, and really authentic from that different perspective. But sometimes it can be a challenge. We've got so much content coming in from so many different places and so many angles of our brand that we could talk about. It's finding the place to actually put
0: the content. Well, that's a nice problem to have though. Champagne problem. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So do you have sort of a traditional editorial calendar that you're managing with all, you know, with all the content that you're getting in and what you need and planning ahead and all of that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, so um, we have a digital and social media specialist who looks after our monthly calendars, basically, and we put in a new campaign every three weeks or so. um, And with that campaign, whether it be hair care or new limited editions, we'll have a range of planned content that we'll want to go out. But we're also aware that we have to be quite topical. So if something happens in the industry or something goes viral because BuzzFeed does a post on mermaid hair or something, you know, then we're able to change our content to fit whatever's going on topically. Um, But, yeah, we, we do have that base of sort of 30 days of content and pieces we want to put out on all the different platforms. And it's different for every platform. We don't pull the same content across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So...
0: And are they your main platforms at the moment, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram?
1: Yeah, so those are our main platforms. We're definitely, we've trialed out Periscope and we're looking at how we can work with Snapchat, um, you know, for things like new store openings, giving a sneak peek before it's open. And um, yeah, but it's really just having the resources to do that sort of thing and add on more places. And we looked at Google Plus and we're on Google Places, which is an interesting place to be. And, you know, making sure that we're location specific and... Yeah, but I just think there's so much out there. Sometimes it's hard to be across absolutely everything.
0: Oh, without a doubt. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've personally, I've kind of been going, oh, I, sneeze, I see Snapchat out on the horizon and it just keeps looming for closer yeah. and closer and closer. And, and yeah. I've been kind of experimenting with it, but it's just like, oh, you know, I mean, I have my own business. So it's yeah. like, just how how many more channels can I absolutely yes. take on? So, and, and, that, and that problem is felt by businesses as well. Yeah. It's not just a, a small business problem. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a problem for any size business. So you're the brand communications manager. So what, what are the um, major major challenges that you think face your brand when dealing with um, generating content for social?
1: I think some of the challenges are all the areas we have about our business that we want to share. So um, like many businesses, we have a lot of layers, you know, like our supply chains and our ethical buying and Uh, our sustainable lush fund and our charity pot and then each of our product lines we've got 400 different plumes or skews so there is a lot to talk about and it's finding out you know how our customers resonate with pieces of content whether it be ethical, long-form stories, or whether it be product posts, or whether it be user-generated content. And it's really been a trial and error thing. It's been testing. When we see that there's absolutely no engagement, or not a lot, we think, okay, well, let's not do that again. And we'll retry really try something else, or a different way of talking about that content. And it's also, you know, finding ways to sell product in a really non-salesy way. And also to talk about the ethics that we want to talk about without sounding preachy. Mm. So finding that balance and seeing how customers engage with the content is, yeah, a bit of a challenge I think for us.
0: Yeah, it sounds like the for such a values based business, um, you know, you've got pl- you've actually got plenty to talk yeah. about from a brand perspective. So I can understand how you know, wanting to get the message out and hitting the right notes at the right time is a big challenge. Yes, absolutely. It's always a challenge and it's, you know, constantly changing as well. And, you know, with
1: the political climate too, things can change with what we initially had planned to talk about and then something changes and and then we talk about something else. So yeah, it really depends on what's going on in, in the particular country and that sort of thing as well.
0: Yeah. And what about the in, interplay then between sort of your online presence and, and the store presence? How, how do you kind of marry those two points acro- across each other from a communications perspective?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, when we communicate to our store staff what we're going to be putting out, we basically give them a pack. And oftentimes we'll try and link a social activation and store. So. Um, You know, with our Gay is OK campaign last year, we had a backdrop so people could take photos to um, use the hashtag and show that they've been in store and they've bought the soap to support All Out, which was our campaign partner for that period. And that's a way to, you know, socially activate in the store and bring that digital element in store. So it's not just, you know, the two channels are quite separate. Um, something we've moved towards and, and are trying is LED screens and seeing how we might be able to aggregate some of our content there. Also using timing and location as a really good opportunity to push out content based on that specific area. So, you know, in QBB, for example, there's a lot of morning traffic. So we might want to try something like, you know, have you had a per cup, which is one of our um, coffee style massage bars, you know, things like that where we're really location specific with what we're putting out on those screens and using them as an opportunity in the same way we would use social channels
0: yeah so really upping the timeliness of what's what's going on and location that's fantastic yeah Yeah, that's great and any big things on the horizon what, what you can see what you can talk about might be coming next Yeah, so coming in the next quarter, we will have a new website, um,
1: which is really exciting, and it's coming down from our global business, and basically it will be a much more omnichannel experience. It's linked with an app, it's linked with Zendesk, so we'll have the opportunity to support our customers in um, a much more, you know, seamless experience for them. We're opening up our new bigger store, which will be QVB, so we're relocating and moving to a much bigger location in the QVB Mall. So that's super exciting and a, an opportunity for the brand to really take it to the next level, I think.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been so wonderful to have a chat with you, Natasha. Thank you. And um, I had got to get amongst that coffee massage bar that I, you've got me going now i need to go and get some of that so awesome. i'll be popping online cool. great Thank thanks you. so much thanks for listening if you've loved what you've heard today make sure you're subscribed at online retailer.com.au to be the first to know about australia's best e-commerce events